Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. This morning we are finishing up our lesson message series entitled Building Better Relationships. And it's my honor to to be the last one to close this out. Pastor Evan is away uh, this morning in Prince Edward Island preaching at their church there uh, as they do not yet have their own full-time pastor and they're looking for people filling in. And so it's his turn. Last week it was my turn. Pastor Cheryl did a bunch of turns. And uh, (laughs) so we're we're thankful for uh, for Cheryl and uh, we're thankful for you as a church for allowing us the opportunity to go there and to fill in for them over the course of the month of May. And so we're finishing up this series, and today we're talking about forgiveness. How many of you in the room have ever been sinned against by someone? Everybody's hand should be up at this point. We've all been sinned against at some point in our lives. Let me give you a couple of examples. These are made-up examples. These are not true stories, but they could apply to someone in the room. Jenna just found out that her boyfriend has cheated on her. Darren saw one of his employees steal from the till at the last shift at work. Ben just got punched in the face by John. I feel like that one might be real. Evan wrote these examples, just so it, it probably is. Heidi's hiding somewhere, not, not agreeing. Oh. <laughs> Amber dishonored her mother by calling her a nasty name. Luke heard that his friend just lied about him so that he could fit in with other people at school. Elizabeth bought something that she and her husband could not afford and did this without her husband's knowledge. And now they are short of cash. Each one of these situations are legitimate situations where one person has wronged another. They have done something that either harms the person's intelligence, maybe does something wrong against their business, maybe a physical attack. In every circumstance, though, there is one person who is guilty of sin and one person who is now a victim of a sin caused against them. There's a legitimate charge that is against them now. These aren't just mistakes that happen that you can just kind of easily set aside. These are egregious and serious problems. And now there is a charge between these people. We've all been sinned against. Amen? The problem is, when we have been sinned against by other people, it is very easy to hold a grudge, for that relationship to be damaged and not repair, for it to stay broken for a very long time, and for us to become bitter and bitter and bitter to the point where our own souls, our own spiritual lives are impacted by the wrongs that have been done against us. Now, ideally, in each one of these situations, forgiveness would be required and should be pursued. But that's not always as easy 
done as it is said. Would you agree? Relationships are messy. And when there's a wrong done between two people, it's very messy to try and clean that up. I'm going to invite two of my volunteers to come up here, Kyle and Donna, and we're going to demonstrate how messy relationships can get and why it's messy for them to be repaired. All right, so I'm going to move this out of the way so everyone can see as well, and we'll come up to the front. So if you want to hold that, Kyle, you want to hold the other end? Great. Now, I've got two balloons here. The white... What? What did you call me? There's already tension. Uh, <laughs> two balloons. I got, yes. Oh, I see. You're, right. you're a balloon. Right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, so this white balloon represents Donna, and it represents her heart and her mind, her soul, and her whole being. And Kyle, this black balloon represents you, your entire being. And right now, they are, if, if you guys hold it still enough, they are together. They're, they're touching. And it's great. This is harmony. This is unity. The relationship is going well. Now, Kyle and Donna, maybe they're a married couple and they go through hardship. Maybe they're co-workers and something at work happened. Maybe they're siblings and they're having a tussle. Or maybe they're uh, best friends and one lied to the other or something like that. And all of a sudden, the, sep- the, the relationship is broken and there's a separation. Now, this is where it gets messy. I need you to rub that on your head. And I need you to rub that on your head. We're going to get some friction going because when relationships are damaged, there's always friction, right? So I need you to rub that real, real good. Get, get lots of static. Get lots of friction in there. Once your hair starts to stand up, that's when we know that we're... Yeah, yeah, I think so. Donna, let's have a look. Let's see if your hair's standing up. A little bit. Now watch what happens when there's been friction, and now there's static. Look, they repel. And, and assuming this goes the way it's supposed to, they will not eventually rest and touch. There will be a gap between them. Oh. This is all Evan's fault. This was his idea. Anyways, the whole point is when you have, there, see, look, look at that, that, they're repelling. Now, oh, see, right, so I guess I'm the arbiter now, I have to, anyways, so, <laughs> so they won't attract to each other, but they'll attract to me for some reason. Now, this is not how this was supposed to go, but. You get the idea. When there's friction, when there's tension, there's, there's an electric charge between the two balloons, so they won't attract to each other. They will attract to something else. They will stay repelled. And as this, look. Oh, my goodness. Sometimes, the, sometimes you shouldn't follow the science, I guess. Okay, I'm, no, I'm joking. All right. Now, what happens is when there's that charge, and they don't attract to each other, it requires forgiveness and reconciliation and restoration. And so the idea here is the water should absorb all of that charge and all of this charge. Where? There. 
automatically they just (laughs) did you see that you see how they just went right together again that's the messiness of relationships so first there was friction that's messy and then it required some water to get rid of the charge between them and there's water up here my hands are wet you might have gotten spritzed a little so that's messy too relationships are messy you guys can go have a seat can we give them a hand please So relationships can be messy. When there's tension, when there's drama, when there's a sin done against another, there is tension and the relationship is fractured and harmed and very difficult to put back together. Now the Bible says to us in three different places, and we're going to look at these very quickly, what we are to do. It says first in Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15, For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you of your trespasses. Then it says in Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 to 27, it says, Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often should I... Forgive my brother when he sins against me. As many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him, one who owed him ten thousand talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children, and all that he had in the payment be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him of that debt. And then in Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, it says, If one has a complaint against another, forgive each other, as the Lord has forgiven you so you must also forgive one another. The Bible's pretty clear on this issue of forgiveness, that as messy as it might be, it is required. You have to keep forgiving others, no matter how many times they wrong you. The reason for that is forgiveness releases us from holding that grudge, from holding in that bitterness that we might have towards that person. It releases you from the need to feel like you need to get back at them, that you need to be paid back something. It releases you from feeling like you need to get even with this person, an eye for an eye. And forgiveness opens the door for each one of us to have healthy relationships beyond the hurt that has been done. But as long as there's a debt or a charge there will be a disconnection between the two people and they will be pushed away from each other like we saw with the balloons. You can't have unity when there's a charge between you two. I'll say that one more time. You can't have unity if there's a charge between you. When there's a charge between us, relationships, they don't work. They fall apart, and 
They stay broken, and they stay messy. And yet the Bible is clear on this point that forgiveness is necessary. It is something we must pursue, regardless of its messiness, for us to have reconciliation and restoration in our relationships. Now let me clarify a few things. Forgiveness is necessary for us to heal and for us to get along, but forgiveness does not mean that the relationship is going to go back to the way it was before. Not every time, sometimes. Sometimes you and the other person, you're just going to go in different directions after the forgiveness has taken place. Sometimes the trust is so broken that you can forgive the person for what they've done, but maybe not trust them with other things in the future. Sometimes the synergy between the two of you or the attraction or the intimacy is gone. And so forgiveness doesn't mean that you have to automatically become uh, intimate uh, or that your relationship be exactly the way it was before the wrong was done. Now let me tell you a quick story. When I was uh, in middle school, I had a best friend. And uh, this best friend of mine, he just so happened to be the pastor's son at the church that I grew up in as a kid in Moncton. And we got along all the time, and we were best friends, and we did everything together, and it was great. And then one day, we had conflict. One day, out of nowhere, he felt like I wasn't good enough for him anymore, and that he wanted other friends. And so he made up a bunch of lies about me and spread gossip and rumors about me in and amongst our youth group, and then eventually said to me one day, you are unworthy of God's love. So I was wronged, and I was sinned against by this guy. And I became bitter, and I became angry, and I became resentful to the point that I left the church completely for a period of time and went to some dark places, and uh, things did not go well for me. But God, in his mercy and in his grace, did a work in my life to call me back to the church, where I was able to heal from my own brokenness, where I was then able to eventually be called into ministry, and to go to a Bible college and meet my wife, and lots of good things have happened since that time. Now, I held on to that grudge, and I held on to that bitterness, for all of my high school years and for part of my time in Bible college. And one year, during one of our chapel services, a man who used to attend that church that I grew up in as a kid, he went off to become a professor at uh, UNB, University in Fredericton, and he came and, and he came to speak at our chapel and he spoke about forgiveness and reconciliation. And he did this whole talk, basically what I'm saying. You have to forgive. You have to reconcile these things. You have to get into the messiness of it and have these things restored. And all I could think about was that one friend of mine from middle school and how I had been holding on to that grudge and holding on to that bitterness for all those years. And at the end of his message, he saw me, he recognized me, and because he left that church long before this incident happened, he assumed I was still a part of this church. So he comes up to me and he goes, Hey, Brad, how's it going? Good to see you again. How is your family? How are things at that church? And I said, Oh, I don't go there anymore. We left that church a long time ago. Uh, here's why. And he looks at me and he goes, Sounds like you need to do some uh, forgiveness. 
sounds like you need to do some reconciliation. And I was like, oh no, I don't want to do that. That's so messy. I've been holding on to this for so long. I'm not ready to do that. Eventually, God did a work in me to give me the strength and to give me the courage to go and find this friend. And so over uh, one of our Christmas breaks while I was at college, I uh, connected with him. I said, you and I should meet up. We should go for coffee. We should talk. And we sat down and we (laughs) unburied the hatchet that I kind of buried and we went over everything. You said this. I felt this. I felt wronged. I felt hurt. It did this to me. But I'm here to tell you I forgive you and that I want to see a relationship restored between us. And he broke down, he started crying, and he said, Brad, since the day you left the church, things did not go well for me either. My life fell apart. I developed this mental health condition. I had to quit playing basketball. My life was basically in tatters. And he went to some dark places, and I realized, wow, he wronged me, and yet he's just as broken as I am throughout that whole thing. And for us to be able to sit down and go over this stuff, we were able to successfully reconcile and restore that relationship. It's not to the point where it was before when we were kids and we were best friends. It's not like we are buddy-buddy now and hang out every weekend. No, that doesn't happen. But the, re- the relationship has been restored. Forgiveness has taken place. And uh, he just became a father a few months ago. He heard about me becoming a father pretty soon. We were able to celebrate for each other the things that are happening in our lives. And so things are good. Amen? Isn't that amazing? That's the power of God when you submit to his ways and say, Yes, I will forgive. Yes, I will seek reconciliation. Yes, I will get into the messiness of all that stuff, just so that that relationship can be restored. And so you might be here today, and and maybe you've got some people you can think of who've wronged you that you're really bitter about, and you're holding that grudge, and it's been weighing you down, and it's been interfering with your relationship with God, it's interfering with your ability to come here and worship, it's interfering with your ability to hear God's voice. It's interfering with that relationship you could be having with that person if you would just simply humble yourself and seek forgiveness and seek reconciliation. I'm here to tell you today that that's possible. Now, there's a way to do that. And so if you're the note taker, maybe you want to write these things down. Number one, first thing you got to do is you got to let go of that charge that you have against that person in your own heart. Before you go talk to them, before you go do anything, you have to do the work with God and say, God, give me the strength, give me the courage, help me to let go of the bitterness, help me to let go of that grudge, help me to forgive them in my own heart. Number two, and this is where it gets messy, but you got to go tell them. you got to go to that person and say, I forgive you. And that might be hard for some of us. Maybe the Uh, pain of bringing up stuff is too much but somehow some way you got to say I forgive you I'm letting go of this and I want reconciliation between you and I so after you've done that then it becomes even a little bit more messy you have to then figure out 
well, where does this relationship stand? It might be good if things go back to the way they once were and you're best friends again. Or maybe, like I said earlier, it doesn't have to be that way. At least reconciliation and forgiveness has happened. You're allowed to go your separate ways. You're allowed to not have to have dealings with that person again. But you do need to have forgiveness. And then lastly, be okay with the outcome. The outcome might not be the way you want it to go. It might go in a very negative direction. They might say, well, you're still dumb and I don't like you and uh, forget your forgiveness. I don't want it. Fine. You at least are now in the right. You at least are now healed. The outcome might not be the way you want it to go, but you have to take responsibility for yourself and say, I'm going to forgive this person. I'm going to pursue reconciliation. And regardless of the outcome, I want my heart to be healed so that I can worship God to the fullest measure possible without having anything interfere or be in the way. And so if you think back to some of those examples earlier on, how, how this might play out for their life. And so Jenna, she found out her boyfriend was cheating on him. Well, she broke up with him. That's not a healthy relationship to be in. But she forgives him, and she refuses to bash him in front of her friends, and she hopes that he's doing well. Darren's employee was able to admit to his stealing, and Darren has decided to give him a second chance, but with less responsibility. Ben and John were able to forgive. Again, I hope this is a real example. And now they're playing together again. Yes, good. Back on track. Amber's mom forgave her, and they were able to have a really long, messy conversation and be able to restore the relationship back to the way it was before. Elizabeth and her husband decided to return the item to the store because they believed and agreed that their relationship was more important to them than the need for material things. See, in each one of our examples, the outcome of that relationship is not universal. It's not the same in each one. Each relationship had a different outcome. And when you go to pursue reconciliation, when you go to forgive others, you will have a very different outcome than I had with my friend from middle school or that you'll have from the person sitting next to you or from someone else in our church. We'll all have different outcomes, but we have to be okay with them. It doesn't matter if the relationship continues or not. Forgiveness needs to take place. In order for the relationship to continue, forgiveness needs to take place. You cannot have the relationship go any further than it already is without forgiveness. And so if you're here today and you have a charge against someone, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's a friend from the past, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's your child, maybe it's a co-worker, maybe it's one of the pastors on staff here or someone in the church here, and, and you can look across the aisle and be like, oh, they're over there. I'm here to tell you, you can have reconciliation with that person if you pursue forgiveness first in your heart and second with that person, and be okay with the outcome. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us 
in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways. Thank you.